Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Mid-America. Thanks for tuning in uh, with us today. I'm grateful to welcome back Dr. Bruce Hoppler, the Executive Director of Church Strengthening with Converge. And so welcome to the podcast today again, Bruce. Uh, you are my very first repeat guest. Well, actually, <laughs> you're my only guest, but only. welcome back nonetheless. <laughs> it's an honor here, uh, uh, Brian. And thank you for not only uh, uh, having me back, but for being a friend and a colleague in ministry. Well, the feeling goes both ways. Hey, uh, we're going to get right into it. It was so helpful last episode where you where you talk to us about these pillars of what 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 health looks like in a church and I'm hoping that people were just writing down furiously and replaying to to get all that information because it was so rich uh, but I thought today uh, we would take a look at another side of this and that is how in the world do you evaluate the health of ministries within the church you know sometimes you say well why are you doing this ministry well because we've always done it this way no no but but how are is it working? Well, I don't know. We've just always done it this way. And so, right. so there is this lack of really good evaluating if, if that ministry is even worth keeping or, or what do we have to do to it? And so how would you say church leaders should go about evaluating the health of their ministry? You know, uh, Brian, the first sobering reality is to recognize that everything, everything, everything. And did I mention everything? has a life cycle. Hmm. Everything has a beginning and a middle and the end. Even the New Testament churches had a life cycle. They, they don't, they're not around anymore. There's no shame in the fact that things have a beginning and a middle and an ending. Uh, that is just that is a part of a natural reality. So if we were to take that life cycle and, and uh, design it in the shape of a bell curve, I'm gonna need our, the audience to have a little bit of an imagination. Picture in your mind a bell curve we begin to start plotting all the different ministries according to the the life cycle, the bell where they are on the bell curve. That's that's good. I, I, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this life cycle of a church, a life cycle of a ministry, and uh, I know that George Bullard is sort of the famous one for coming up with with that uh, sort of concept. But I know yours is a little bit different. We've talked about it before, and uh, I think yours is a little simpler. Uh, I like it, and so I thought, man, it would just be great. Explain to us how does that bell curve actually work. Sure. So uh, again, you're picturing in your mind a bell curve. In fact, don't picture it in your mind. Get out a sheet of paper right now and draw it. I think that'll make it a lot easier. And then draw in it, uh, uh, create it into four different quadrants. Have a horizontal line going from left to right in the middle of it. And then down the center, you'll have a vertical line going from top to bottom. So now you have your bell curve in four different quadrants. Picture with me or point on your paper, your bottom left-hand quadrant. This is where the bell curve begins. We're going to call that section accelerating. These are ministries that are accelerating. Uh, there's usually two different types of ministries that fit here, Brian. Uh, one is your uh, brand new ministries. These are ones that you've got started for some good reason uh, oftentimes with outsiders in mind, you're thinking about maybe a way to reach people in a new way or, or to help people in, in, in a uniqueness. 
or they are ministries that you felt like, hey, this is the value, this is good, but we've had to totally reinvent it. Uh, again, this is not minor tweaks. Let's say, for example, your children's ministry. We've had that forever. But you decided, no, we're going to totally redesign it. So now it is in the accelerating phase. The next quadrant, we're going to go straight up. This is the top left-hand corner. This is your booming phase. Uh, this is when it's on top of its game. This is when it is uh, uh, doing at its best. Now we'll talk some a little bit later about how to lead a booming ministry, but just for now, these are uh, areas of your ministry that you feel like that they're under prime. Uh, one of the ways that you know that it's there is that, that both the quality is good and the quantity is good. People are showing up because they think it's good. And it's meaningful, it's helpful, but it's also uh, you're doing you're doing it well. At the top of the bell curve, has a very different view uh, for a leader versus a uh, a regular attender. The regular attender will be at the top of the bell curve and say, "This is good. This is the best. Don't change a thing. Let's pitch our tents here." But a leader will know, no, we are about to go down the, uh, the roller coaster ride here. And you're going to be beginning to go into the next area. So again, it's a very different kind of leadership. So the, the top right-hand corner where the bell curve starts to go down, we call that decelerating. And this is when you start to identify that a ministry is it's good. Um, in fact, it's uh, maybe in some ways as good as it was in booming. But the projection of it is that if we keep doing this the way that it is, it's going down, it's losing some of its freshness, some of its effectiveness. Again, no shame. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad leader. It could, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because, as I mentioned before, everything, everything, everything has a life cycle. And so all ministries will go through this, and how you lead through that is very different. Then you get to your bottom right-hand corner. This is when the life cycle is going uh, all the way down. You might plot ministries into this area. We call this tanking. This is an area of ministry. It's just tanking. It, it is not uh, uh, doing what it needs to do. Um, the quality is not good and the quantity is not good. Uh, people aren't showing up for it anymore, but we've just done it, as, as you mentioned earlier, Brian, because it's what everybody has always done. Hmm. That, that's good. You know, and, and I think at the point where that, that last quadrant is, we've invested so much time and energy and ownership that it's so hard uh, to let go. Yeah. And, and, and draining and, and, but, but it's, it's a, yeah, it's just that ownership issue. Um, and then, as, as you enter any of these uh, different quadrants, um, I'm sure the way that we lead through them varies a whole lot. You, you know, you can't lead the same way in every place and in every way. And, and, and so um, how, how do you lead depending on where you are on that bell curve? You're, you're absolutely spot on there, Brian. Um, okay, so let's go back to the bell curve. Uh, hopefully you've been drawing this on a sheet of paper and you're we're back to your 
bottom left-hand quadrant, the one that we identified as accelerating. As a reminder, those are brand new or totally reinvented. These are things that you're doing uh, because you believe uh, it will make a, a fresh difference in uh, the ministry and reaching people, you know, for the gospel. These kinds of areas, um, uh, they have a lot of excitement, but they oftentimes lack infrastructure, good leadership, maybe financial support. And what pastors can be guilty of doing is, is uh, giving someone, say, I got a great idea, a new idea. Let's start that. And so a bunch of innocent leaders said, okay, pastor, you said we're going to do it. Let's do it. And they started. Now the pastor has moved on to something else, but the ministry doesn't have the support that it needs because it's, it's a baby. It's brand new. And so you watch these ministries go up like a weed. They spring up quickly and then they die quickly. And then the pastoral leaders will go back and say, well, we told you you could do it, but why didn't you do it? And they are not getting the support. When you don't lead the accelerating ministries well by asking the question, how do we get it healthy? Where does it take to go to the next phase? What kind of resources does it need? Where, what kind of support do the leaders need? What kind of uh, ways that we can help other ministries support this? When you don't do that properly, you will not only uh, watch this thing have a very short life, but you will eventually run away your entrepreneurs, your creative thinkers, because they will discover that you're filled with ideas, but you're not going to support them. And they're just not going to stay around. They're going to go somewhere else where they're going to get support for these areas. So leading them is very uh, different than any other area. Now let's go to the top left-hand corner, the one that we identified as booming. Uh, they're still climbing up the life cycle. So these are the ones that you say, hey, they're going really well. Uh, let's not mess with them, right? And maybe that's the truth. But if you decide this is going really well and we want to keep it going well, uh, there are still unique uh, leadership structures here. For example, you might decide, hey, these leaders are really on top of their game. They need more support. Uh, we gotta, if we want to keep this to going, we can't let our leaders get burnt out. Or it might be saying, this is so good that we don't want it to, uh, we want it to be kind of our signature thing because we really believe this particular ministry is bringing in more people into the church, leading more people to Christ. Uh, it, it is a clear identity marker as to who we are. So you might say, let's double ramp it. So in other words, let's, uh, let's put enough into it that it's uh, the idea of it hitting the top of the bell curve is a later point in the game. And so leading this group of people, you can already see, is very different than leading the accelerating. The first one just needed support and encouragement and resources. The booming is how do you set it up strong? Now we told you when you go to the top of the bell curve, that's a different kind of leadership. That's when you that's one of the harder forms of leadership because from the perspective of the church, everything is great. And uh, and you realize no, we gotta we gotta restart rethinking some of these things to, to stay on top of our game. Uh, 
So when you go to decelerating, Brian, can you imagine uh, if you go partway down the decelerating uh, curve again to the average congregant, it's still pretty good. But the leader, you recognize this is, this is getting in trouble. So there you might do something I call S-curve it. You create an S where you're going from there to, re to accelerating. My point being, it might be time to reinvent the ministry, reinvent it and decide, you know, uh, we got to do this differently. Um, and then, uh, and so, that, so your focus there is to recognize what structural changes do we need to make? Uh, is this still a value? You might actually decide it. Let's let it live out its life cycle and just let it have a, a, a slow, quiet death and not, not do a thing to it. Uh, because it was good and it was seasonal. But if you want to keep it going, this is the time to now reinvent it and to move into accelerating. There are times, Brian, when you can move from decelerating back to booming. Uh, those are times when you just say, well, just one major change would make all the difference in the world. Maybe a new leader, uh, maybe resources, uh, maybe uh, changing a curriculum, uh, maybe if you're if it's, if it's a missional event, changing some of those missions, um, then it just can quickly move from decelerating to booming. Oftentimes, I find it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more complicated than that, and that's when you'd say, "Let's bring freshness into this and let's keep it going." Now, Brian, the fourth quadrant we called tanking. These are the ministries that you realize uh, they're not. They're not doing well. They're uh, 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 they're not you know uh, helpful to the church, and they're actually draining to the church. So, Brian, what would you guess? Let me ask you this question: What would you guess you do with a ministry that's in the tanking department? You have a wonderful funeral for it. <laughs> and you know what? That's an option. I would say you have really two options. One is similar to what you said. Uh, oftentimes, uh, pastors will, or church leaders will uh, see something that's tanking and they ignore it, they ignore it, they ignore it, they ignore it, they ignore it. And finally, one day they just get fed up with it and they just call up the leader and say, it's done, and they cut it. Now you have Aunt Mabel, who's been leading that ministry forever, said, you don't love me, you don't value me, and, and uh, takes it real personal. But what do you do for somebody that lived a wonderful Christian life for 80 years with a wonderful family person, and then you have, uh, they pass away? We don't usually call that a funeral. We call that a celebration of life service. Yeah. So I challenge, when you have a ministry that you know needs to die, quit being reactionary, avoid, 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 and reactionary, and just cut it. Instead, have a celebration of life. It could be in front of the whole congregation or just in front of a small group saying, you know, this got started 20 years ago and it was awesome. And look what it did 10 years ago and five years ago. And wow, this is so great. Thank you for serving. We're going to give Aunt Mabel a break and we'll help her find her new ministry. But Aunt Mabel, you served the kingdom well. Thank you. Now what you've done is you've rather than tied up their identity into the death of the ministry, you brought honor and dignity to help them to separate themselves out. 
Now, Brian, there are some ministries that you will identify as tanking that uh, you can't kill. Let's say you decide your children's ministry is not in good shape. It's tanking. Well, you're probably, with. I've only seen one exception in our country that they actually killed their children's ministry. There is a town in Florida that had 98% retirees. And they finally decided, eh, we're not going to do children's ministry anymore. But for the most, the rest of America, that's not an option. So then, just like with decelerating, where you kind of brought it down to accelerating, now you got to move tanking to accelerating. But here's the difference, Brian. When you have something that's decelerating and you're having to reinvent it to get it into the accelerating mode, uh, you might make some key critical changes and structural changes, maybe a leader change. But if you've allowed it to get down to tanking, and now you have to reinvent it to accelerating, chances are it's going to be drastic and painful. Chances are if a leader's let it get down that far, maybe you have to remove the leader, or you're going to have to make some massive changes. You have a PR issue to get with and you to deal with, and you also got a lot of other issues that you have to deal with uh, as to why it got that far. I've actually worked with some churches when they realized that uh, the problem wasn't the ministry, the problem was the senior leadership. They realized, you know, they've abandoned this ministry and some portion was having to keep it alive with their own efforts and they had to go back and apologize to that person and say, let us help you reinvent. But whatever it is, it's got to be pretty drastic in the changes. Uh, that's good. And and uh, that evaluation, it's not something that you just do occasionally. Uh, I, I just, you know, just to affirm everything that you're saying, well, you've got to evaluate all the time. Right. You, you've got to establish uh, what, what's called measurements, right? right. That, that, that help you establish that. And then I, I think the other piece of that too is I, I think for too many churches, change is an event. Uh, you know, it, it it happens so rarely that when a change happens, it's like the world. It's 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 this cataclysmic thing that takes place, and and I think we have to create more in our church cultures that change is not an event; it's just a regular part of what happens around here. Right. Um, I, I think I think that's one of the ways we do that, and so I think even the most um, well-run ministries probably need to make a pretty significant change every five to seven years, just cause, just to right. just to keep it fresh, just to keep it on that left side of of the bell curve. But um, we, we we so all that from a ministry perspective, just real briefly, how does that relate to a church as a whole? Can you use that same bell curve to say, okay, what about our church? Yeah, this is when it gets really sobering. So you've gone through and you plotted all your different ministries, and this is objective and subjective. You know, you get your leaders together in a room, you tell everybody, hey, put your big kid pants on. You know, this is not always a reflection of you because everything, everything, everything has a life cycle. And so you begin to see some that are accelerating, some that are booming, some are decelerating, and some are tanking. And by the way, if you've gone through this whole process and you don't have any that are tanking, chances are you're just not being honest enough with yourself. So you begin to look at that. Then you go back and look and say, okay, now here's a million-dollar question. 
where does our church fit on this bell curve? Everything, everything, everything has a life cycle. And so now you begin to ask the question, say, boy, we have a lot in a decelerating section. Our church is probably the self is probably in a decelerating. We need to reinvent a lot of what we do. And uh, and so you, you so I would say you after you look at all those different things, I think it's critical and sobering and honest to ask where is your church and the life cycle and what kind of leadership does it need overall? Yeah, I think that's also the time where it really becomes critical to get that outside help uh, to because it's it's hard when you're in the middle of it to see all of that objectively. Um, it, and it is difficult. There's it, there's nothing it fun about it, but I, I've uh, I've heard churches that are in that position say, "Oh, I wish we'd have dealt with this earlier in the in the bell curve, right? Um, right, we, uh, right? Because now we've run out of we've run out of runway, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, so again, that outside help, and I know we uh, that you gave out your uh, website and your email last time, but uh, if you know, you do a lot of coaching and consulting with churches. And, uh, um, and so why don't you just, if they, if people want to get in touch with you about, you know, having some coaching or consulting, how, how, how could they uh, get in touch with you that way? Thanks, Brian. It is such an honor for me to coach pastors or teams or churches to help them to identify where their challenge areas are and then figure out what healthy looks like whether it's through a strat ops or strategic planning or just coaching. So there's really two ways to get a hold of me, Brian. One is just through my email, Bruce Hopler, B-R-U-C-E-H-O-P-L-E-R, at converge.org. Or my personal website, dochopconsulting.com, D-O-C-H-O-P consulting.com. Uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, Bruce, thanks again uh, for for being here and for sort of kicking us off with uh, these sort of big thirty thousand foot issues surrounding church health. Uh, as as I want to do in every episode, would you mind closing us uh, with a word of prayer? Be honored, Heavenly Father. Um, we thank you that you are the inventor of life and that you are the source of all life. And Father, as we're evaluating our different ministries and we're evaluating our church. Uh, we do that because we want to be most effective for the kingdom. And so, Father, I just pray that you would uh, uh, lead uh, each and every church that's listening, that they would uh, have the humility to constantly evaluate uh, and being having the willingness to say, Lord, we want to serve you in the best way that we can. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Hey, I want to encourage you to tune into our next episode. I'm going to be welcoming uh, one of our pastors in Convergement America. His name is Pastor Jeff Dryden. He's pastor of a multi-campus ministry in Sawyer, Michigan. And we're going to be discussing the critical role that preaching plays in a healthy church. Thanks so much for joining us. And, and as always, make sure you subscribe to this channel and check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.